Hello, I'm Rob Hirschfeld, CEO and co-founder of RackN and your host for the Cloud 2030 podcast. The June 1st DevOps Lunch and Learn was about how to learn DevOps. What is the DevOps roadmap? We actually used a DevOps roadmap for this conversation. And how do we coach people to get into this field of DevOps and infrastructure automation? And it's hard and challenging because the thing we kept coming back to was there is so much to learn and understand that it can be really intimidating to get started. And we spent some time actually trying to break that down and give some starting points um, on how that works. Hope you enjoy it. Anybody want to step in on, on their process for learning DevOps? I mean, my process has been stumbling my way from one necessity to another until <laughs> I've, uh, I've picked up an, enough knowledge uh, along the way to, I guess, be considered uh, a moderately competent person. Um, I yeah. like roadmap uh, in, in my mind uh, brings up the idea of, of there being a destination. So what is the destination here in, in, in DevOps? Is, is it to, 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 be, to be knowledgeable in, in, in a depth of, of topics, in a breadth of topics, um, to be huh. uh, employable in the field? Uh, it, it's, and, and there are people who, who object to DevOps as a as a technical term at all? Um, I would suggest that we get we get past that and describe it as a skill set. Um, I when I when I think of the DevOps side of it, it's it's about you know keeping infrastructure. I I, I have a very infrastructure focus on it, but I tend to think of it different than the app dev side. It's actually about Taking, making things run on infrastructure. That too high level, Is that a good starting place? Cause that's weird, well, weird to me, this roadmap started with programming languages. Yeah. Yeah, so from my perspective, if you brought somebody new on, like that had no background or anything, I think yeah, the this, this standard approach would be put them on uh, the help desk and start teaching them things like what you use to observe the system because understanding the system and observing the system are the first thing and so uh, you start with observability logs other tools for observability that are considered critical within the team and how to use those tools you start with those tools and observing the system so that you can see how the system works. And then you branch off into uh, changing the system, but you don't change the system at the beginning, you just learn the system. So it's learning the tools that, that view the system. It's interesting because what you're, what you're hitting is in the middle of this chart, which is learn about managing servers. Um, and it, it is sort of a circular journey because you need to know, you know, certain operating system concepts, or, you know, the monitor monitoring them. Can could you learn 
how to monitor and, and manage stuff before you knew the OS basics? I, I would take it even back one step and, and okay. just learn, like focus on, on troubleshooting abilities. Exactly. Uh, I, I mean, even when I'm not knowledgeable in a system, there are some steps that, that I go through. It's like, okay, I, I, I know this is not working. Uh, who developed this? So let's get in contact with them. Um, what are the symptoms? So what, what is supposed to happen? What's currently happening? Uh, and then it's just research. Like a, a, a large portion of troubleshooting is learning about the system that, that you're working with. Exactly. And that's why you need the, the tool, the observability tools. And along with that, um, as Klaus stated, you know, you're, you're exploring the system. You're trying to figure out what is working and what's not working. You're talking to people. And when you talk to those people who developed it, you learn. So, I mean, with the operating system, what do you learn when you're troubleshooting a problem? You learn uh, CPU mon, you learn uh, mem stats, you learn the other stuff. So you learn specific utilities within an OS to look at the state of the OS. Okay. So, so in that case, hmm. the, the, the roadmap here is, is not too far off in, in that the like near the beginning, like the second step is understanding the OS concepts. Yeah, the concepts are more important in some ways than the operating system itself. You don't need the whole operating system. You need the portions that are uh, relevant to uh, keeping the system up. Yeah, I, I guess I'm scratching my head on like if you were a, a new person, you might not have systems to monitor, you might not have a working system to play with, you'd still want to get the experience of how to build this up. Right, I mean, I guess in, in the past I've said, oh yeah, you know, you, if you want to learn DevOps, do some Ansible work, set up, you know, get a game server or something like that and set it up, tear it down, set it up, tear it down, automate that process. I'm, I'm trying to reconcile I agree with everything you're saying, and I'm trying to reconcile the advice I've given for people on where to get started with this. So I think that what Klaus and I are doing, we're coming from the point of view is first you need to see a working operating system. So you need to get the ops part before you can dev anything. Mm. Get, get a working state, see failure modes, and then start building because if you start with ansible uh and building a system uh the the first hundred iterations of your ansible um file are going to break because you got one little bit wrong it's going to be really frustrating if you see yeah. a working system and you see a failure here and there at least it's like okay so i've accomplished something i've identified a failure whereas you start from scratch uh, DevOps folks don't start from scratch. They start from either development or they start from ops generally. And if they're starting from scratch, somebody's holding their hand. 
this is this to me is the classic problem that that is everything brought to us it's is if you want to start learning this stuff there's no starting point yeah i can echo that and i in my role uh i call us devops light because and actually i'd be curious to know how y'all distinguish devops versus infrastructure versus sre um but mm. we just purely do basically infrastructure and that's kind of where i got my introduction but now we're slowly starting to pick up more of the quote-unquote devops pieces like CICD and adopting Docker containers and all of that, which our whole team is learning. So I feel so lucky to be able to do the, just have fallen in the right place at the right time. But even that, like looking at this um, diagram here, I have it as my screensaver and I look at it every day and it's just <laughs> overwhelming, you know, um, but a good reminder of how much is constantly going to be left to learn. And so, yeah, I guess my question is how do y'all distinguish those three role types? Um, well, I, I guess that the, there's two possible answers. There, there's the uh, there's the purest answer, which which is that DevOps really shouldn't be a role. Um, it, it's really more of a, again, as, as Rob said, a, a process. It's it's the bridging of uh, of the development team and, and the operations teams, which include SRE. It it, it includes infrastructure. Um, but it's really just a, like breaking down the silos between the teams. So that's what it's supposed to be. Right. Um, there, there's also the, the, the just the, the job application perspective is that there, there are DevOps engineering positions out, out there where essentially uh, what you end up doing is, uh, particularly in, in, in the startup world, uh, you are you're a mix of SRE, you, you, you do some development, um, you, you work with the developers to, um, to, to help them set up uh, the, the templates that you will likely end up be uh, the one deploying. Um, so hmm. I, I, find, I find that, that most times when, when, when DevOps is mentioned, it, it is, uh, just like a, a melting pot of, of various positions because uh, because no single position is sufficient to to meet the needs of the of the company. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. I've been actively interviewing, and last week I interviewed for a role where they asked that they didn't want their DevOps engineers to have development because they want their developers to do that. And then today oh. I had an interview that was pure coding and so it's just so interesting to see the total contrast and i think it's because the mixing of the term devops but it's across the board it's just insane sorry to laugh i i that's frustrating for certain i yeah well. i i would i i would for me when somebody says sre the definition like the google definition of sre says that you spend more than half of your time automating things to produce the work you do in the other half of your time. Like to, to me, that's the, that's the distinction with an SRE is that, is that you should actually be, you know, constantly doing work to reduce the amount of toil, which is not as much a focus on the DevOps, the DevOps side of it. More and more I've come to see DevOps is, is connected to uh, infrastructure or deployment pipelines work. So and then 
and then sysadmin is much more, you know, the bootstrapping the OS and not worrying about much after that. So, so going along with, with, with that, uh, would, you, would you perhaps say that SRE is automating your own stuff and DevOps is automating someone else's stuff? <laughs> I, I think DevOps is production integration and to engineering. So you're integrating whatever into production. Uh, it, so it depends. And well, yes, because <laughs> DevOps is such a, a fuzzy area. But if you consider that, especially what you're talking about, Klaus, is taking software that's been developed and uh, creating what's needed around it to run it in production, both deploy and operations, zero day one, day, one, day two, then it is integration into production. Okay, I, 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 can, I can see that. Hmm. Uh, my, my definition of integration was a little bit different uh, from that, yeah. which is why I, I, I was saying it depends, but yeah, so if we, if we go by that, the finish of integration, I, I, I can agree to that. And integration also has lots of definitions too, just like DevOps. Does <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I'm not as much worried. I know it matters when people are putting, posting job titles, but um, not as much worried about the, those distinctions because I, I know companies sort of throw out whatever they think is, is cool or going to get them. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's, it's, I, I do think that there's a challenge about, you know, in, in dev, when I think of DevOps, I think of the goal should be automating everything that can be automated, which is ends up being a lot, should be a lot of programming or programming methodologies and mentalities, I guess. But historically, a lot of the infrastructure tools aren't very programmery. Um, so they don't have really good patterns for reuse and modularity. Um, I know this is getting a little off topic because we're, we're not talking about what skills do you need to make this go. But I think one of the things to think about is, are you just trying to service the systems that are there? Or are we trying to, you know, what skills do you bring into a job that then improve the infrastructure that you're trying to, to manage? That's an interesting perspective. Um, I, I, I mean, yeah. So when when looking at from that perspective, from from that angle, um, what's really looked looked for in 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 a in a, a person hired in in a in a DevOps uh, uh, position or, or DevOps related position is the ability to take the tools that are there, uh, and, and largely take the tools out of there and uh, avoid creating new tools, uh, but make them play nice together so that other people don't have to do as much work. Going, which brings us back to the integration part uh, that Rocky was talking about. Yeah, like focus on orchestration. That's what so you're saying? Good question. 
we were actually debating this exact question a little bit today on, on, for us, because it's, it's, there's a question of what you call it from an orchestration perspective. We, we would lean towards the word integration rather than orchestration, but integration without orchestration is not useful either. Um, yes, but that's but part that's, of the process. That's the orchestration adds the process to the integration step. You need the process matched with uh, the components. Right. Yeah, oh my good, but look at looking at all the things on this chart. I, I funny thing is I agree that all these things need to be here and I, I also look at it as overwhelming. Um, yep. So from a, for suffering for interviewing and whatnot, I think in some ways, some of the keys you might look at during your interview process mm -hmm. is look at the job description. If all they do is throw out a bunch of warm, fuzzy words or cold, cold, sharp words uh, like DevOps and whatnot, they probably don't have a good handle on what they're looking for either. Whereas if the description actually talks about uh, where your job uh, ends or integrates with others, actually better if it integrates with others than ends, then that, that's a group that actually has a, a clearer understanding of what they expect during operations and deployment and, and whatnot. So, you know, some of the, you know, the jobs for DevOps, you look at them and you go, that doesn't sound like a DevOps job, or that, do, that just sounds like we want to throw somebody at a problem as opposed to <laughs> we have uh, a need for someone to do development operations. Which is not necessarily bad, I, I would argue. Not bad at all, but no. it also tells you, well, can you fit the role with the, are, are, do you have enough experience to fit a role that is undefined uh, or, um, you know, and, or could you do it on a stretch or does it not make any sense at all? So it's a, a matter of where your experience lies and uh, the problem with especially women is we have a tendency not to to see the stretch so it's like okay so I've got mo some of this I've and I think I can handle the rest of it versus uh I've got all of it so if you've got all of it it's not interesting it shouldn't be particularly <laughs> interesting but That's true yeah but if you got some of it and you think you understand what they're looking for, but you don't have it, you can go for it. If you have no clue what they're looking for, they might not have a clue of what they're looking for either. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes total sense. And I, I think about that too. It just feels like it hits a little differently when you're dealing with production systems and feeling unsure of things. Uh, it just feels, it almost feels, I mean, it does feel irresponsible, but since y'all have more experience than I do, when you look at this graph, do you feel good about everything you see here? Or do you feel like the goalposts are always moving and then two years or three years, this will look totally different or have eight different arms that we're not seeing here? Um, 
I, I would say that the, the central branch, like going from understanding different OS concepts uh, or, or learning programming down to learning infrastructure as code, um, I think that that one is fairly solid and on, on, on it. It, will, it will not likely move very much. Um, the, the offshoots from that, uh, things like uh, learning to live in the terminal, uh, networking protocols, web servers, uh, learning specific CI/CD tools. I, those are nice to have. I, I don't. I don't really consider them to be core. However, I. I mean, if if I'm looking for someone who who would fill a, a junior or intermediate DevOps role, I I would look first for. Again, under understanding how to approach a problem, and then having the drive to solve a, a problem, and to apply limited existing knowledge to to those new problems. So, I mean, in other words, I, I'm looking for problem solvers, and 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 I think that that is ultimately what what is the 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 fundamental tenet of, of the DevOps position, not so, uh, not so much having the knowledge already, because if you have the knowledge already, you, you're, you're more inclined to go towards a sysadmin or SRE position where you're comfortable in, with your knowledge, uh, but, but more about, again, challenging yourself. Like, okay, I know, I know how to, to work with, say, Nginx, but I, I'm how I'm, I got an opportunity to work with, with Tomcat or, or Caddy uh, and, and, and apply what I know about Nginx to those web servers. How do I do that? And, and that kind of personality I find is the better suited one for DevOps type positions. Interesting to me how, how broadly we see the, this this answer because I think your advice is really good but I would be different advice um, which maybe isn't that isn't maybe that's the challenge with this I, I know for what what we're doing um, we're looking for people who are very comfortable in Linux it's like a starting point learning to live in terminal and, and be able to navigate around is a first priority for us which sounds really down in the weeds um, I, I used to think along those lines too, yeah. uh, but particularly when, when it comes to uh, do the CI/CD management, like yes, you will use the terminal sometimes, or, or maybe several times uh, a day, but is it necessary for for an entry level position, or or or? Or is knowing mm. how to configure pipelines more important? The I guess when we try and get somebody unstuck, if if they are completely flummoxed trying to you know SSH into a box and open up VI and edit a file, um, then those that makes it really hard. Um, I think of it as, as degrees of confidence working with these different systems. Like you don't have to be confident in everything. This was your 
that brings your 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 question fundamentally. Um, and there is no way everybody's going to be good at everything on this chart. Um, I think it, it is reasonable to come back and as you're walking through this, understand where you are, like what you're trying to hook together, what you're trying to do so that you know sort of what the adjacent pieces are. Um, so I think I actually think it's really important to understand like, you know, what is configuration management and what you're trying to do. It's, you know, it's just setting up files and turning on processes, but understanding that's helpful. But then Right, knowing that all these other pieces are there is really, really important. Even if you don't know how to do it, understanding, oh, there might be a load balancer in the mix with this and that's changing things, or my DNS server has this role in the system and if I don't have it set up correctly, it's gonna cause all sorts of problems. Um, I, you know, that, I guess that's partly the, the issues. These are all interlocked things. But and if something's wrong, You've you're, actually, you're, yeah. you've actually pointed out something really important, and that is configuration management. And one of the differences between ops and DevOps is you need to be con control what you're developing. You need to have uh, understand what you're uh, deploying or what you're replacing or whatnot. And so one of the big differences between ops and DevOps is that configuration management, source control, uh, CICD. So that's a, one of the biggest differences between just ops and uh, one of the things that SRE moves to is figuring out that they need the configuration management to move forward and what ops needs yeah. to move forward. So configuration management is probably one of the grounding um, aspects of all of this. Yeah. Uh, that, that mirrors my, my journey through it. I mean, I, I started with a lot of Puppet and Chef in the DevOps space. Um, I, I would even go as, as far as like, the, let's say that the core of configuration management is, is is again like just to, to 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 knowing how to configure an application. Ansible, Salt, Chef Puppet, these are all nice to have tools, and, and that we, if you're long enough in, in, in the DevOps field, you will pick them up by, by necessity. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I, again, like uh, configuration management, great, uh, and, and I agree with Rocky that this is is one of the pillars of, of DevOps. What I see, however, here in, in, in this roadmap under configuration management, those are conf configuration management tools. And, and in some yeah. cases, they're, they're configuration orchestration tools uh, yeah. like, like Ansible. Um, so I, I would make that distinction as well. And so what they need on this chart that's not here is you've got the understand different OS concepts. You need and understand configuration management source control concepts. Source code control is really important, yeah. Yep, and so those concepts, that's a missing box on this thing. Yeah, that's good to know. One thing that I wonder if y'all can say you agree with us or not, but 
when I was first starting all this journey, I was just learning like front end stuff. And I, I was teaching myself. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was important to know how every little thing works. And I thought it was important to know how hex codes and CSS are calculated. Like why mm -hmm. are there those three things? And then people were like, yeah, that doesn't matter. Just make it look like what it's supposed to look like. And so I feel like in these in more of like a DevOps role that matters. And that's important to have that kind of drive to like drill down to the most granular level to understand everything really deeply. But that just feels so daunting. And I'm wondering if y'all agree with that sort of mentality, maybe I'm taking it to extreme, but um, like that feels like really critical for this whole industry, so. Um, hey guys, this is Sarjeet. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yep. Yes. Yeah, I was listening. Actually, I was doing some um, uh, work. I couldn't talk. <laughs> so um, I, I believe that there you need to have sort of theoretical knowledge of um, the ancillary topics, but you need to know core, you know, I would say, you know, four to seven concepts in, in when you join a team. You cannot know all these things. You can't do hands-on work in all these areas. So... So there's always like, okay, you, you need to dig deep into, for example, um, somebody just said hex code in CSS, kind of like level of details in certain areas, but, but in certain areas, you just need to know like how just you need to change the color or, or size of a box on the screen. So I think it depends what your role is and people switch roles, by the way, when they move from one company to another because they are sick of just doing building pipelines or they're just sick of handling, you know, one segment of that, this whole DevOps sort of stack of tools, if you will. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's very vast uh, discipline, if you will. It's, it's not something uh, well-contained in my view. Hmm. Right, and you have to make the decision whether you want to go broad or deep. It's, you have to go deep on something and really learn it like, the hex codes, uh, but you don't have to go deep on everything. And the key is, uh, depending upon the team, in some instances, you're given a role that you go deep on. In other instances, with the team, you decide who's going to do, go deep on what part. And so having a deep understanding of certain parts, having a deep understanding of a part is really critical to, uh, and being able to learn how to go deep. And that's what right. Klaus was saying, it's problem solvers. How to learn, how, and learn, knowing how to deep dive so that you, if you're put on anything that you don't understand that you haven't done before, you know how to learn to deep dive into that area. So I, it's that's, the process. But Rocky, that, is, that feels so overwhelming to me. Right, I learning how to deep dive. Well, no, it's the the challenge is there's so much on this table, right? Because you could you could actually yeah, be a specialist in D and in, in DNS and yep. you know TLS TLS authentication and you know how you're doing, you know um, you know distributed cache management with SDNs and load balancing, right? All like there you could have a specialty with that. I think when you're sitting down to start it. You know, how do you know not to get sucked into the intricacies of, of DNS, right? Which is often the behind 
know, problems with how with how infrastructure well, is acquired. So yeah. that's that's why you need the team. The whole mm. process of the team is if they need someone to get sucked in, then they appoint someone to get sucked in and help keep them from drowning and bring them back up. But that person becomes the expert on the team in that area. And then the team helps them with knowing enough about everything else, but not too much. So they don't have to become experts on containers or at least nothing beyond networking of containers. They, they know how to start one. They know how to uh, look I, at one, but that's about it. I, I might have a suggest. I might have a suggestion on this. Costa, you were going to. Specialists are in? important in this, and mm -hmm. and so you know you might decide, and it depends upon the person whether they're generalist or they uh, tend to be more specialist. And if they tend to be more specialist, it's learning how to interface with the folks who are the generalists so that you can help them and they help you. But you're saying, Rocky, you're saying that one of the important things to learn is not set, not necessarily becoming a specialist in any given thing, but be learning how to become a specialist in something when you need to. Yes, exactly. Uh, to, quote, to quote an old manager of mine, so you've been looking at this for, uh, for uh, two days now. I guess you're an expert in it. And that was how people viewed me it's like I would go look at something and discern enough information out of it that I could at least interact with people and and say what the pluses and the minuses were so being able to dig deep and become a quote expert or specialist uh, in one area and knowing that you can do that in other areas, you don't have to ever, you might not have to ever do it again because it's too big, but most likely you will have to do it when a problem comes up. And that's actually part of the problem solving is how to dig into a problem until you come up with an answer. And once you come up with an answer, you don't have to dig any deeper. Yeah, I, I would take this a little bit further. There's a couple of key concepts here um, that, that, that I'd like to emphasize here. Um, research being one. Um, in my experience, some of the best DevOps peers I've worked with have come from an academic background, like graduate students. They, 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 they may not have started with, with, with in-depth knowledge of the system, but they, they had the foundation, the, the knowledge on how to research what what their problem was, what tools they needed to, to, to become familiar with. Uh, but the other imp incredibly important thing, and, and that was the last thing that you said, is the knowledge to, to know when is deep enough, like to, to be able to, to, to draw a fence around your problem and say, okay, I need to know this. Anything outside of that, it, it might be nice to know, but it's not, direct, it's not a direct major impact to my problem. So I'm gonna save it for later, and, and and like that is so incredibly uh, again important in, in my mind to like to to not let, let yourself get sucked in to to be able to to know at at some point like yeah I'm I'm out of my depth here I need some outsider knowledge 
for this. And I need some some mentoring. Um, and, and again, like it's <laughs> it, it, it's inc it's incredibly difficult at, at first when when you don't know how to do it. Uh, but once you learn how to do it, it, it becomes second nature. Yeah, that's helpful. I and what y'all have shared has actually been great. And maybe my CSS example was a bad one because I feel like I know better now. But, you know, just looking at this page, it's like underneath each of these squares, there's a certain number of levels beyond that that, you know, you need to go. So that's kind of. And, and this is what what you're saying to to what what rocky was saying this is where i was where I, where my head went there's a difference between knowing how something works and understanding how it's connected to other things and to me with the devops journey understanding how things are connected together is more important than understanding how they work specifically yes and and that that to me is that that was the aha listening listening to this conversation is to be like okay you want to learn DevOps, you're actually learning the science of the connection. You don't need to know how DNS works or DHCP works from a protocol perspective, right? It might even, it not even be important to be able to say, oh, it's UDP and not TCP. Um, you know, ha knowing that might be helpful, but it's much more helpful to understand, okay, I, DHCP provides this in the stack and then DNS provides this in the stack and they're connected together by these things. And so instead of trying to figure out how it works, I think in DevOps, you're always trying to learn how it's connected together. And what it's supposed to do. And that's the difference in the learning, in the learning style here. It's like you're, you're, yeah. you're sort of like always on a walk, like cruising the whole museum to make sure you've seen all the rooms and not become a, a specialist in Matisse because there's a great Matisse exhibit. Yeah, I think. Sorry, I want to divert the conversation a little bit to the to the little bit to the side for a minute. I think you can't talk about DevOps in the absence of some other constructs like microservices and two pizza teams and why we are building software in smaller chunks as compared to the you know big blobs, if you will, or or monolithic sure. with waterfalls or model. So you have to understand why we are doing the DevOps before you jump into, even as a beginner, into, jump into doing it, you know? So like, why DevOps and why we have all this sort of complexity and what it entails. I mean, if you look at DevOps, it's, it's, it's like from the inception of the you know, design and then your coding and then the source control systems and and how you roll out, how you um, you know promote your code to the production or, or to the staging area, from staging to production. What are those iterations? Who approves it? Uh, all that stuff is, is is woven into it, and a production is part of it. Actually, it is even more than SDLC, traditional software development lifecycle, uh, lifecycle sort of management, if you will, that discipline. It's it's a lot more sort of mumbo jumbo uh, put into DevOps now as compared to um, being sort of dev in this bucket and ops in the <laughs> other bucket. It, like you, you can, that's why we are overwhelmed. Like it, it's complicated like crazy. Well, it's, um, I, I, I think what you're saying is an important thing that's missing from this altogether. There's a time dimension here, which is, uh, because what you're describing to me, Subjit, is we are for good reasons moving things faster 
right? We're iterating through much faster. A lot of the things you described are all about, you know, faster deployment cycles and, and ramping that up and understanding the urgency of, you know, dev test prod um, is a big deal. It used to be dev and ops were separate because we just didn't do things very fast. And there wasn't much of a time element in, hey, this code is finished, I better get it deployed. And so dev and ops were sort of, you know, over the transom handoffs. And the and maybe, you know, the reason we have dev ops is to reduce that, that span. Um, oh, definitely, definitely it's to reduce that span. But why we can reduce that span is because we have these, these uh, systems being built as sort of black boxes or what we used to call like SOA a software, um, uh, service-oriented architecture, uh, which we started cooking up in around 2000, 2002, three timeframe. Mm -hmm. And then finally we are doing it now, actually after you know almost 20 years um, that microservices are happening. Um, it's it's age of API driven API first sort of development, and and as I said in my in the comments, if you are trying to bolt on DevOps onto old style monolithic waterfall kind of development kind of teams, uh, it is almost a death sentence. Like, don't do it, you know. So like you have to start writing software in a, in a new way, and I, I, that for that reason, I believe DevOps fits very well into the greenfield as compared to legacy systems. I, I think we also need to add the one technical term that Sarbjeet uh, mentioned, and that is we need to define mumbo jumbo. I think that would be a good addition to DevOps. <laughs> <laughs> the magic here. That's good. Yeah. There'll be dragons. <laughs> It, it doesn't doesn't help that that every new uh, every new every year or even sometimes a couple of times a year you get a new buzzword so you're constantly swimming in this buzzword soup uh, trying to stay afloat yeah yeah and yeah. I, I think it, I think DevOps are like an amalgamation of all these other concepts like. API first kind of development and microservices and then agile and scrum and all these things. So um, it's a convergence of like, you know, rest, rest did a lot of favors to us, like REST API. Now we can glue stuff together fast, right? And a lot of tooling happened. So it's, it's always, I mean, to new, newer people who are entering the market, my, my guidance is always to, Look for the convergence of technologies, not for the, like a, independent of other things. Yeah. So where we are headed in, in like now, like low code, no code uh, kind of tools are, you know, um, taking shape right now. And I think they will get better. And I, I believe the code coders, what used to, people who were very deep down into coding, they they will move on to being data scientists. That's what, what my prediction is because that's because that's what you do like you're always on the cutting edge stuff but uh, people who were um uh, you can call them i don't know second tier developers they, they will do development using low code no code and, and of course the code development will, will, will keep happening because somebody is writing those um uh, um 
tools which we are using for local noco right that's code as well so i think i think abstraction is our friend in, in software we, we're trying to abstract complexity all the time but at the same time sometimes we inject more complexity while try to reduce it and, and <laughs> this is one of those right. things that is that is the right, the ongoing trade-off of of knowing and and maybe that might be the the right closing thought because we're we're just out of time is one of the biggest questions that you you should you should ask in in learning the DevOps journey is why is this complexity being added into the system, and what's the what's what's the trade off for it? Or yes. if, if you can point to any box and say, you know, is this you know this is being added to solve some type of problem, some complexity, or some something. And that understanding that is actually probably the first the first step. Um, and in an interview question is actually always a good defense of asking, you know, is this this is this is added complexity? Why why is it here? What problem does it solve? Yeah, I like that thought. Now, the do do I really need this? Which, which is a frequent question when, when, when discussing Kubernetes. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I so much want to spend another 30 minutes talking about my journey through kubeadmin install stuff this weekend, but <laughs> it, will, it will definitely wait. For another we'll, put it in the notes. We'll discuss it in a future meeting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I will definitely add it to the the list i have it i think i i think i did i put it yeah kubernetes install pro i'll move it up closer to the top we can do that as a july july 4th holiday thing uh, that's a good idea ongoing ongoing question okay maybe i'll have some answers all right everybody thank you uh so really, i hope this took the went through some and answered some of your questions yeah, this was so helpful. Thank you, everyone. I know this is not as stimulating as the normal topics, but I really appreciate it. And it's been really great. So thank you. Oh, oh no, this has been absolutely stimulating. Yeah, yeah. I don't say necessary, like a introspection. Exactly. It, it adds some dimension, some understanding, some clarity to what we're doing on a day-to-day. -day. You need to step back and see whether what you're doing actually makes sense or not. And this actually helps strengthen our ability to say no when it's a good thing That's to say right. no. Yeah. Well, Bingo. thank you all. Appreciate all right, everybody. Talk to you next Thanks. week. Thanks. Cheers. Another really good conversation that was thoughtful and thought-provoking about how do we bring people's skills into DevOps infrastructure and what do they actually need to do and what makes somebody a good team member. It can be exhausting to be a DevOps SRE infrastructure as code person because there is no way to learn everything you need to know. And a lot of us suffer from imposter syndrome along those lines. So I hope this conversation was helpful for you to understand that you're actually making progress on this journey and improve the way that you're thinking about the journey itself, not from mastering knowledge and skills, but actually turning it into um, a learning experience and, and getting deeper and deeper into understanding how things go, especially when it comes to whether the complexity that you find is necessary or unnecessary.
If this conversation is interesting, please join us at the2030.cloud. We are putting together schedules every 15 minutes of before every meeting. And if you have something you want to talk about, get it on the books and we will discuss it. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Cloud 2030 podcast. It is sponsored by RackN, where we are really working to build a community of people who are using and thinking about infrastructure differently, because that's what RackN does. We write software that helps put uh, operators back in control of distributed infrastructure, really thinking about how things should be run and building software that makes that possible. If this is interesting to you, uh, please try out the software. We would love to get your opinion and, and, and hear how you think this could transform infrastructure more broadly. Or just keep enjoying the podcast and coming to the uh, discussions and you know laying out your thoughts and how you see the future unfolding. It's all part of building a better infrastructure operations community. Thank you.